Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. And our top story today, increasing accessibility of training for women and people of color in financial services. Today's show is powered by Broadridge. To learn more about Broadridge and its initiative to empower women and people of color in financial services, visit the website and QR code below. Well, joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, John Faustino is with Broadridge. Karina Diamond is with Dakota Wealth Management. She's also the founder of Flourish Women and Wealth. Karina, John, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Good morning. Great to see you, Jeff. Thank you for having us. Yeah, John, it's great to see you. Great to meet Karina. John, Broadridge continues to be ahead of the curve on a lot of major uh, retirement issues. Talked with you at Secure Saturday last last weekend. Uh, let's talk about the need for female financial advisors and kind of piggybacking on the AIF designation. Tell us about this new Broadridge initiative. So on Monday, we put a press release out that we're working with InvestNet and Choir. Choir is a relatively new organization that helps to ensure that conferences are diverse, that they have diverse voices, not just on diversity, equity, and inclusion, DE&I panels, but in real thought leadership type roles. And we're working with both of those organizations to make 100 scholarships available for our AIF designation to women and people of color as well. We're really excited about that. There are some other firms out there that uh, we've actually engaged with during the time we were setting this up, Allianz being one of them, where they're going to be providing similar scholarships to 50 individuals associated with their FI360 conference sponsorship. Really, really great initiative. Karina, I want to come to you because I want to ask you, what led you down the path to get to financial advisor in, into the financial advisory business? And describe what you've done with Flourish women and well so so what led you to this path and then we can talk about flourish so when i grew up i wanted to be a child psychologist and when i got older and started getting into personal finance i realized that i had become one because uh dealing with people and their money involves a lot of psychology and some people are a, a little childlike about it so it's kind of a perfect uh, a perfect uh, profession for me and, and when it comes to Flourish, tell us about that and how you've really helped engage uh, female investors and people interested in, in doing better financially. So I started Flourish about 14 years ago, hard to believe. And uh, we've educated thousands of women who want to get more empowered about their personal finances. So we have programs every year that involve um, kind of some straight talk about women and money. We talk about the statistics, about longevity, the fact that a majority of women will end up managing their own finances by themselves. And uh, we really find that providing a safe space for women and some plain talk about money is a very successful combination. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think of my mother, I think of my wife, I think of my, my mother-in-law. Everyone needs assistance and having uh, empowered women is mm -hmm. leads to in financial independence and regular independence. Uh, when I ask you about the work you're doing at University of Akron, uh, you actually help mentor and help uh, women asp who aspire to be in the financial services industry. So I have a long history with the University of Akron. In fact, I built my entire practice by, by bringing in 
uh, students as interns and doing a lot of mentoring. In fact, I have two full-time women who've been with me for five plus years now um, who have just done really, really well. So it was a natural for me to uh, try to mentor young talent. Um, about seven years ago, we also started a diversity program called Diversitas, which has become national and now involves about 30 other universities. And so clearly there's an appetite for bringing, you know, bringing more people, all different kinds of backgrounds into financial services. Yeah, and diversity is important because someone may want to work with a female advisor, they may want to work with a person of color, or they want to work with both. People tend to like to work with people who resemble some of their traits. John, we have a very powerful industry, an industry that um, does a lot of good. Uh, we had the passage of the SECURE Act that clearly uh, is, is a good thing with a lot of the, the 94 different proposals or, or laws. Uh, but what can we do to further attract uh, women into the role of a financial advisor or a retirement plan professional? That's a, that's a great question, Jeff. And I think the things that Karina has done is, is a great example for the industry. We, we need more financial advisors just full stop. There's more CFPs that are over 70 versus those that are less than 30. So it's, it's an aging profession. We need to attract more young talent. And I, I think that we need to start sooner. We need to start in high schools. We need to start in, in junior high. We need to let women, we need to let people of color know that, hey, this is a great profession where you can really um, help people. We need to evangelize for the profession. And I think we need to make it um, you know, more of a professional profession as well, too. So I think it's not just about getting people into financial services, but helping people understand the difference between fiduciary advising and non-fiduciary advising. And we need to bring that fiduciary advising skill set to diverse communities. We need to bring it to people that have not been served by fiduciary advisors in the past. Some of that may involve changing the, the financial compensation incentives that we have for advisors in the space. Um, this is a change that's coming. If you look at our population, it's becoming more diverse here in the US. So it's gonna happen. And I think we need, we need more people like Karina who are really leading the charge um, and, and making positive change in the space. So we, we can't be just neutral. We've gotta help further this. And I'm excited that Broadridge is getting really, really firmly behind this initiative that we've got with the AIF designation. But that's, you know, that's one of you know, a million different things that we can be doing as an industry to, to help things move forward. Well, John, Karina, great to talk to you. John, we're going to hold you over into the next segment. Karina, thanks so much for joining us this morning, and thanks for sharing your experience and perspective. My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks, Karina and John. When we come back, we'll talk more about increasing accessibility for women and people of color in financial services. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. 
We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repaired for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. And a reminder that today's program is powered by Broadridge. To learn more about Broadridge and its initiative to improve accessibility to training for women and people of color in financial services, visit the website and QR code below. And we're rejoined this morning by John Faustino of Broadridge and joined as well by Ricky Taylor of Retirement Plan Consultants. He's also the first vice chair of the Association of African American Advisors. Well, John, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. And Ricky, welcome this morning to the program. Jeff, thank you so much, uh, both you and John. Uh, thank you for having me. It's, it's great to be here. Uh, well, Ricky, I want to start with you. John, uh, in our first segment, really laid out this brand new initiative with Broadridge Investment and Choir really helping educate and provide fiduciary training for women and individual individuals of, of with color. Um, let me ask you, Ricky, in terms of financial services, why is diversity needed? Why is it necessary? Yeah, I, I think, Jeff, that's a great question. And, um, you know, something that John said earlier in regards to trust, people need to be able to trust those that they work with. And crazy as it seems, it seems like a lot, a lot of people trust those who look like them. You know, um, I would even say, in addition, households need to understand the importance of, you know, money management and savings in general, you know, not just for a rainy day, but for those things that are attainable, you know, like, for instance, I want a boat, okay? So I'm saving money for a boat, but I need to understand how to save that money and where to put it and things like that. Um, in addition, I would say, 
knowing and understanding how money works can help people avoid situations like financial scams. Okay. Um, the old adage is, you know, if, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Okay. So when you look at the overall picture, just knowing how to understand and manage money is absolutely important. I think, you know, another key piece is understanding that there's a career, there could be a great career in financial services. You know, it can be very lucrative, which could be the, the precipice of a family changing their generational wealth. Okay. Um, you know, I'm working with a group right now to bring financial awareness to younger minority students to give them an understanding of what types of careers are available in financial services. I mean, when you think about it, you have financial advisor, you have financial planner, you have financial analysts, you have wholesalers like myself. So just understanding that there are opportunities out there, which again, can be, and I, I'm not going to harp on the word lucrative, but when you think about your career, sometimes the, the idea of how much money can I make absolutely comes into play. And, you know, when you look at what the careers and financial services are, it could be very lucrative. So, I mean, wrap all of that in a bow and just understanding financial management is crucial. John, uh, Ricky mentioned some two really important points that I want to bring to you. The first is trust, being able to look across the table or the dais or wherever, wherever you may be and, and trust the person. The other is education. There's a lot of need, not just in, in um, underrepresented communities, but there's a broad general need for education around financial wellness, financial literacy. There, there absolutely is. And maybe piggybacking on, on some of the themes that, that Ricky brought up there and that you're highlighting, there, uh, last time I looked, the, the Black and the, and the Latin population in the U.S. is almost a third of the demographics out there, but less than 5% of CFPs out there, when you think about a high standard of financial services designations, I include the AIF in that mix as well too, only 5% come from the Black and the Latin communities. So you've got a growing, two growing segments of the population that are really underserved by um, financial professionals today. And it's it's not just about financial advisors, to your point, it's about people in all of those other fields, the, the wholesalers, the folks that work at uh, record keepers um, and the like, the folks that work at fintech firms like Broadridge um, as well too. We need, we need more diversity across the board. And then education is a big part of it. There's some things that we're trying to do with our designation for those folks that have already graduated and, and kind of started down a financial services path. But I think there's a lot more that we need to do with the folks that are in high school um, and figuring out what, what major they want in college so that we can really expand the, the community the way that we need to. Ricky, I'm a big fan of breaking down barriers. I want to ask you, um, what are some of the challenges or barriers that are currently in place, maybe intentionally, unintentionally? We're not going to define that, but what are some barriers that exist that prevent the diversity and the up that create the underrepresentation we're talking about this morning? Yeah, fantastic question. Um, right off the top of my head, and some of the, the conversations that I've had, Jeff and John, compensation, okay? Um, when you think about how a financial advisor comes into this industry. Typically, it's a draw system. And, you know, once that draw is over, you have to have enough productivity to keep that money coming in. And if there's no, no money, then you're going to look for another job. 
Um, I can even think about myself when I started in the industry, I think it was like 1999 or so, that 100 list, you know, you have to specify your top 100 people that you can go after and, you know, try to sell them life insurance. And, you know, coming from the city of Camden, you know, many people didn't have a lot to rub together. So that's all that I knew. And it's like, wow, I mean, I don't know 100 people who are going to want to open up a life insurance policy. So my draw was quickly coming to an end. OK, um, so I would say if companies could think of a, a better opportunity to provide that compensation structure and, you know, take away the fear of not having enough money to support themselves, their family and things like that. That's one way. Um, I would even say for some of the independent RIAs that are out there, when you think about the succession plan, are you thinking about your people of color um, as a part of that succession plan, okay? Providing equity is absolutely a great generator of talent, okay? Um, so considering what you can provide to that candidate or that employee that's there um, is also a, a great opportunity to draw in that talent. And even in the conversation, when you're trying to bring somebody in, they're going to ask you, well, what's what's the long-term goal of the organization? And you have to be able to lay that out. And of course, make sure you're including how that person will fit in the, in the mix as well. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stop there, you know, because I, I think there might be another question, but Jeff, I'm turning it back to you. Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, really good points. And and look, I got to tell you, as someone who's been on the uh, the wrong side of a draw, I can tell you that ramp up time, the sales process takes a longer time than the six or 12 months that you're given. But don't even get me started there. Ricky, I just <laughs> want to come back to you. Um, I want to come back to you about talking about some of the other groups, you know, that the financial services industry, it's a very broad ecosystem. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of groups around that ecosystem that are helping with diversity. Do you mind talking a little bit about some of the organizations you're a part of in addition to InvestNet and uh, Broadridge and Choir? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I got to give a shout out to uh, Choir. I, I had some great conversation with them. So thank you, John. But, um, you know, a couple of the groups that are directly impactful with bringing um, people of color into financial services, the first one's going to be the Association of African-American Financial Advisors, also known as Quad A. Um, you know, this particular group in its 21st year was started by Mr. LeCount Davis, who was the first African-American CFP. Um, to attain a CFP designation. And I serve as the first vice chairman of this group. Then you also have the Association of Wholesaling Diversity, uh, a group I've been a part of for a number of years. And, you know, in this particular group, you have a bunch of African-American wholesalers literally coming together to foster ideas and to figure out how we can move the needle to bring more in. Very similar to Quad A. Quad A is, is about helping the advisors sustain their business, grow their business, gain more knowledge. I mean, the whole concept is to bring more financial advisors of color into this industry. So there, there are a few other groups out there. Um, I'm just going to mention those two first, because those are the ones that I'm intimately involved in. And I'll tell you, you know, I've been involved with Quad A for, for almost seven years. And, you know, when I first started with Quad A, I want to say there were maybe 70 members, maybe not. It was less than 100 members. 
And to date, we have almost 700 members. So that's a fantastic growth rate. And, you know, again, we're only looking to, to get bigger, be better, and bring in more African-Americans into financial services. And again, help them sustain, grow, and facilitate great opportunities in this space. Well, thanks for that, Ricky. And John, I want to come to you to kind of tie it together. We could spend hours, and we should spend more hours talking about these important issues but just to kind of tie it all together, we did this at the end of segment one. What, what can we do as an industry to help uh, some of these initiatives that Ricky's talking about to help uh, people of color get into financial services? They, they have a lot to bring to this discussion as well. I think we, we have to look at the, at the tools that we all have in front of us that we, that we can use to lever and make that happen. So, you know, we've got a few arrows in our quiver, so to speak, at FI360 and Broadridge. The AIF training is one of those things. We've got software as well that we're very happy to make available to um, universities that are that are going to bring that next generation on. And again, I think we need to go even below the universities. We need to look at you know high school and and what we can do to really make this an attractive profession for um, for everyone. And one of the things in the in the communities of of color that's a real challenge, I think, is getting that high quality advising. So it's not just about adding to the number of people in financial services but it's making sure that they're acting in a fiduciary capacity, that they're doing the right thing. Um, and I'm super appreciative for the relationship that I've got with Ricky, who's made tremendous introductions for me um, so that we can help move that, move that ball, hopefully a bit further down the field. Well, yeah, this is, Jeff, if I could, not to interrupt, if I could just piggyback off of that, you know, um, there was something that I thought about some years ago and it was simple why don't we have financial education in the high school i grew up in the city of camden and you know went to the inner the, the public school there and we didn't have that okay so now i'm happy to say that i'm actually partnering with a couple of organizations to do exactly that john bring more awareness of uh, careers and financial services to the inner city high schools and what's important about this is we're providing folks who have the same experience or can relate to the experiences that those young people are going through or have gone through and providing someone who looks like them to say, hey, look, as long as you, you know, okay, so John, we're going to, we probably should talk a little bit more in depth about that, but I'm glad you brought it up because that's actually something that's in the works right now. I look forward to continuing that conversation with you. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, well, well, John, Ricky, great to have you on the program. John, thanks so much for putting this initiative together. Ricky, thanks so much for sharing your perspective. We look forward to having you both back thank on the program best. again very soon. Jeff, thank you very much. John, thank you. Looking forward to it. Thank you both. Take care. Thanks, John and Ricky. Great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing your perspective. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, all of our 300 streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. You're not going to want to miss it. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget... Roll with the changes.
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The Tax Doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a Tax Doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.